It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 6, 2020. My name is Philip Osborne. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, find me on Twitter at OMD. I hope everyone had a fantastic 4th of July weekend, socially distanced, of course, with loved ones or however you wanted to celebrate it, but I hope it was at least an enjoyable chance to kind of take a little bit of break from the craziness of the world um, as as safely, of course, as we can. We'll be talking a lot about the upcoming bubble as the Orlando Magic are scheduled to come into the Disney campus on Tuesday. We'll talk a little bit about uh, what the Magic's goals and expectations are, I feel like, for uh, the remainder of the season. We'll talk about their uh, their upcoming uh, schedule um, as as they have their their scrimmage games ready and we'll also talk a little bit about how they can pick up where they left off if if they even can but before we do any of that I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on, say, the Brooklyn Nets or the Washington Wizards or the Milwaukee Bucks or the Sacramento Kings? You can check out all their great podcasts, whether it's Locked On Nets, Locked On Wizards, Locked On Kings, Locked On Bucks. There's a great Locked On podcast for every single team in the NBA, plus NFL, MLB, NHL, and college teams, too. Download them wherever you download podcasts. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Well, it is... Finally here, it is move-in week in the NBA. The Orlando Magic are scheduled to move into the Grand Floridian on Tuesday. We'll be hearing from both Jeff Waltman and Alex Martins a little bit later on in the week as they'll be, they'll be talking to the media live from Disney. Um, and so we are going to uh, get some action. We're going to finally see some movement and finally see if this bubble thing can work. There are, of course, a couple of notes and items that we need to discuss as the NBA hits this all-important step. But let's start off with the one that's most immediate to the team or most immediate to to what we hope will happen because, I mean, I think there's still a lot up in the air. The NBA released its scrimmage schedule. Each NBA team will play three games as a warm-up, as a sort of preseason before the season begins on July 31st. The Magic drew the LA Clippers, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Denver Nuggets. The initial response, I felt like, was one of two things, and really the initial response is both of these things. First, the initial response seemed to be, okay, the Magic got a really tough draw, really good teams to play uh, as sort of warm-ups. And my initial thought was, okay, you know, if the Magic take these games seriously, if they want to hit the ground running, they're going to be facing 
three of the best teams in the entire league. I think most of us would agree. Uh, the Lakers and Clippers are title contenders, that are, if, not, if not title favorites, um, or among the title favorites, uh, entering the bubble. The Nuggets, I think, certainly are, have an outside chance of surprising a lot of teams. Um, you know, they're, they're certainly very, very good. Um, you know, even when Nikola Jokic uh, still trying to get back into the United States after he tested positive uh, for the coronavirus. Uh, these are three very, very good teams. And the Magic only have one win in six tries against these three teams. They're one in five against these teams. Of course, the one win being that uh, monumentous win in January uh, against the Los Angeles Lakers, a, a, a game that we uh, live, live, uh, did a live uh, uh, broadcast of or live uh, reaction to um, when it replayed on Fox Sports Florida a a few months ago now. Um, So on one hand, yes, the Magic are going to get three opponents that will test them and force them to be ready. And certainly, the Magic are a team, as I'll explain in a little bit, are a team that's going to have to hit the ground running. They play the Brooklyn Nets in arguably the most important game of the season in the very first game of the seeding round. So they've got to be ready to play and ready to play at a high level from the very, very start of this thing. Um, and certainly, the way the Magic schedule sets up, they start off with two games against teams that are under 500. Again, no offense to the Sacramento Kings, no offense to the Brooklyn Nets, no offense to the New Orleans Pelicans. These are teams at the bottom of the standings, and so, you know, and I'm sure they feel the same way about the Magic. These are games that these teams have to win. So, you know, honestly, the Magic, I think, have to at least split those first two games, if not win both of them to achieve the goals that they want to achieve. So they've got to be ready to play from the very, very, very start of this thing. And it's going to be a really truncated season. It's going to feel like those first few games are like the beginning of the season, everyone feeling them, feeling each other out. And then very quickly, it's going to turn into, we got to get serious and we got to be playing at a good rhythm. Um, again, we'll talk about those issues coming up in just a moment. But on the other hand, these are just preseason games. Uh, and I don't want to read too much into anything that we see in these scrimmages. Uh, I, I don't think they really matter that much. I mean, I think the goal of these games and the reason these games are going to exist is to get teams, you know, get those competitive juices flowing, to get these teams into a uh, into playing against other other players, uh, other teams, because you know you get kind of bored playing against yourself for so long. And just kind of get back into a flow and rhythm. It's it's it like preseason games. It's it's not important who wins or loses. And you know we don't know how seriously the Lakers or Clippers are going to take these games because you know unlike the Magic, the Lakers and Clippers have their playoff spots secured. I mean I I, I think the Lakers and Clippers might have an outside battle for the top seed in the West. Um, you know I, I'm not super up on the Western Conference standings right now, but they can you know those teams those teams at the very very top can treat the seeding games as an extended preseason almost. And, 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 you know, some of us, I think, expect them to do so, to, you know, make sure guys are healthy, to make sure guys are, are ready for what really matters, and, and that is the playoffs. They're not like the Magic who have to be sharp and have to be ready and have to fight for something in these eight remaining games. So it, it's, it's hard to say, you know, on this day, July 6th, whether these teams are going to really treat these games, uh, treat these games seriously, uh, and whether you know they're going to put in all the effort that, that the Magic certainly want to put in to really test this team. So I, I you know I, I think this is you know obviously I think this is part of the process. I think the NBA wanted to get these kind of preseason games in so that they're not just diving straight into regular season games that count. Um, and, and, and that makes sense. Um, three tr- scrimmages are more than enough. 
uh, to kind of get guys back in rhythm and get guys back kind of in that game shape and in that game mode and just kind of see where they're at. And that's honestly how I would take these games. It's honestly how I would approach these games is it's just about figuring out where you're at. Now, obviously, you know, we got a long way to go to get there before we get there. Uh, you know, the first scrimmage will be on July 22nd. Um, the Magic will actually play in the first scrimmage against the Clippers that day at 3 o'clock, I believe. Um, and again, that's probably another thing, too, is getting used to playing at odd times. You know, you're not playing at 7 p.m. every night anymore. You're playing, you know, a game at 3, a game at, you know, 5.30. You know, you're playing, you're playing at some weird times, too, which I think matters as well. Um, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be um, interesting to see how the Magic deal with this. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see... To, to, to kind of see how this all plays out. But of course, we got a long way to go to get before we get there. We got to get, you know, moved in to the Grand Floridian on July, uh, reportedly on July 7th. It, it does look like that's going to happen tomorrow. Um, then everyone's quarantined for 36 to 48 hours. They've got to test positive twice. They got to test, I'm sorry, test negative twice within a, within a 24-hour period uh, with 24 hours between each test before they're allowed out of their rooms. So the earliest we'll see training camp start is July 9th. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, and hopefully... Everything happens without a hitch so that we can get started on July 9th. And from there, you've got a week and a half before these scrimmages even start. You know, typically with a training camp, you do training camp for a week and then preseason games start and then you kind of get into that game rhythm. They'll have a week and a half before the games start and then, of course, another week after that before the real games start. Whether this NBA bubble idea will work is still... I wouldn't say it's a question that's up in the air. I don't think it's that kind of serious. Um, but it is still something that is being figured out. Um, and, and, I, and I think the hope is that some of the hiccups we're seeing early on here or, or potential hiccups that we're seeing early on here um, is part of this process of weeding out any, any you know, positive, positive uh, uh, tests and positive, positive cases, uh, letting them run their course, and then reinserting people back into the bubble. Over the weekend, we did see, you know, not just in the NBA, but several teams deal with a, a you know, kind of rash of uh, positive tests. And, and some of this is still just the early wave. Um, you know, the, the thing that we've learned about COVID-19 is, you know, a lot of people present asymptomatic, so they have the virus, but they don't get sick because of it, or they don't, they don't you know, they don't present symptoms to, to, clue people, to clue people in or clue themselves in necessarily that they have the virus. And so... That, you know, so, so that, you know, what, what's happening now is everyone is getting tested really for the first time, you know, tested regularly for the first time, and they're kind of understanding or learning whether they have it or not. So it, it isn't surprising necessarily to see such a, to see a lot of people get, a lot of people test positive right now. Um, you know, I think that was to be expected and there's protocols in place to make sure that the virus doesn't spread and that, you know, they kind of quarantine that person uh, so that they can kind of ride it out and 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 get better uh, before they rejoin the group, but still it is disquieting, um, you know, to to say the least. I mean, we saw we, we've seen the the Milwaukee Bucks close their practice facility, the Sacramento Kings have closed their practice facility, uh, the L.A. Clippers, you know, will be traveling without Landry Shamit because he uh, contracted the virus. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of little stories like that. Um, and, and while it doesn't seem like anything's widespread, and, and, and I think there's a hope that once teams get inside the bubble, once teams get inside the campus setting, that they'll be able to control all this or they'll be able to 
kind of see these numbers decrease. And I think that will be the ultimate test, especially after we get that first round of testing once everyone moves in. It's whether those cases decrease uh, that matters. Um, I don't think we'll see anything as bad as what we're seeing in MLS. Um, as some of you may be aware, the MLS's back tournament begins on Wednesday um, at the Wide World of Sports Complex. They're using the same facility. Um, the soccer field is um, adjacent to the basketball stadium, but you can easily avoid each other uh, when you're in that facility. It is a very, very large uh, facility there. Um, MLS has had a real problem, to be honest. Um, there, several players have gotten sick or have tested positive within the bubble already. They've had to postpone a game uh, between uh, Toronto, between FC Dallas and the Vancouver Whitecaps because seven FC Dallas players tested positive for the disease. Um, Vancouver's had some trouble uh, getting their test scheduled, so they haven't been able to travel. Toronto FC also has had the same issues. Nashville SC also had a, a, a rash of positive tests. I think five players tested positive. Um, and so, you know, this is all happening a week before the tournament begins, before play begins. It's looking like that tournament may, you know, it may start on time, but several games are going to be postponed or moved around um, because teams just aren't ready or aren't, haven't been able to train inside the bubble because there's been so many positives. Um, I, I won't speak to whether MLS's protocols were, were better or, or good um, as far as fitting this timeline and preparing for this play. But, you know, we're not just seeing that here in MLS. We've seen it in MLB where several players tested positive as well, where they've had to close some spring training facilities in the past. Um, We're seeing it a little bit in the basketball tournament, which started this weekend. The basketball tournament, every team, you know, kind of went into quarantine, and they've been very, very strict. If there's one positive test, they send the team home. They've had two or three teams already back have to back out or have to bow out because of positive tests. Um, but they've been pretty strict and their protocol seemed to be pretty good, which I think bodes well uh, for the NBA. But again, this is still an ever-evolving story. You know, I think the NBA has its protocol set. I think they have a plan in place. But, you know, as, as they always say, you, you know, you, you, everyone has a plan until they get punched. And, and I think the NBA is going to have to be adaptable uh, and, and be able to evolve a little bit as this thing uh, winds through. Um, this week's a big week. Um, you know, I think I think as teams move in, uh, as teams get settled into their new new places in Disney uh, at their hotels, um, I think that you know we're going to see more positive cases. I mean, I think we're, there's 25 total NBA players that have tested positive since testing began. Um, it would not surprise me if we see that number increase a little bit once teams get into the campus setting. It would not surprise me to see if some teams are unable to start their training camps or have to start um, shorthanded uh, because of. Uh, because of you know players having to sit out or having to be quarantined until the virus runs it runs its course. Um, but it's a very very big week for the NBA. Um, if if they're able to get through this week, um, you know, pretty clean and and you know with minimal new new cases and minimal new uh, positive tests and, and their testing protocols seem to be in place, then you know this this bubble idea could could very well work. So that's going to be something we're going to be watching a whole lot this week. Uh, as of now. The Magic Practice Facility has has reportedly stayed open. I, you know, I follow the players on Instagram. That certainly they're still in the building, or they've taken photos within the building, um, or shared photos within the building over the weekend. Um, it, it it there's no reports, at least, of any Magic players testing positive. So the Magic do seem to be all things go for the beginning of the bubble, and obviously this bubble represents a big opportunity for the Magic, one that they have to succeed at. But I'll tell you what. Before we get into that opportunity, you know, I have to tell you about 
a great service for those that like to, to work and fix on their cars. You know, I'm not a car person. I've wandered into a, an auto parts dealership one time to try and fix something myself. It did not go well for me. And honestly, some of it was, I didn't know what I was doing. Some of it was, you know, no, no, it wasn't that this person's fault, but the guy at the auto parts, parts store, you know, just didn't quite know exactly what I was looking for. He gave me something that was probably close to what I was looking for, but not exactly what I was looking for. But that's what he had. That's that's all they had in there. Well, if you are a car person, if you're trying to fix your car yourself, don't ever run into that situation. Don't ever run into the situation where you go into the auto parts store and you're not sure they have the exact part you need. That's why rockauto.com is the place for you. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So when we last left our heroes, the Orlando Magic were probably playing the best basketball that they had all year. They had won, I think it was eight of their last 12 games. They were the top offense in the league over their last 10 games after the All-Star break. They had just come home from a 3-1 and road trip that included a rousing come-from-behind victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. And they were looking ahead to the easiest part of their schedule. Um, the Magic played... It was one of the five toughest schedules in the league to that point um, in the season. Um, you know, I remember Steve Clifford saying in December that he had never seen a stretch as tough as the one the Magic survived in December. And, you know, I remember sitting here in, last year in August when the schedule came out saying the Magic have to get out to a fast start because December and January are going to be brutal. But if they can survive that, if they can get to March, they could make a similar run to the one that they made in 2019. That was absolutely the case, and when the season went on hiatus, the Magic were about to enter the stretch that they've been waiting all year for. Orlando would play eight of their next 10 at home, and I believe nine of their next 12 against teams with records under 500, or, or not, not not that, um, with team against teams that were outside the playoff picture currently. They play Indiana, um, they, you know, they play, uh, I think, Brooklyn twice. You know, they, they had games that were winnable in front of them, games that were still challenging, but mostly opponents that Ma- the Magic had dealt with and done very, very well against. Orlando was 25 of their 30 wins against teams that are below 500. Playing against the Chicago's, the Charlotte's, the New, York, New York's, even though New York beat them once already. Um, 
you know, even the Sacramentos and New Orleans, teams that were in the playoff race, these are the teams the Magic did exceptionally well against. And, and this was a chance for the Magic to bank up wins and secure the seventh seed. Everything was going great. And there was reason for optimism and excitement within the Magic camp. And then you, you ask the players, and you ask them today even, you know, they would probably say, you know, we really felt like we were turning a corner. You know, finally healthy, finally with a stable lineup, stable rotation. Everyone really understood and knew their roles. Everyone was buying in. Everyone was playing really, really well. They were they were ramping themselves up for the playoffs. And as Steve Clifford always says, his goal is for the team to be playing its best basketball at that point in the season. The Magic certainly were doing that. But all that is in the past now. It's almost like it's another season entirely. What we're going to experience at Disney starting this week and, and be, you know with the season beginning July 31st for the Magic, what we're going to experience is not a continuation, so to speak. What we're going to experience when the season resumes is something completely different. There is no picking up where you left off, so to speak. It is going to be an entirely new season and everyone's going to be starting from scratch. Players throughout the week during their Zoom media conferences all said the same thing. There is no way for us to get back to where we were four months ago now. Almost an entire regular off-season ago. They're going to have to find their rhythm, find their, their chemistry all over again. And they don't have a lot of time to do it. And so it's, you know, and I think Steve Clifford expressed this too in his media call. It's hard to look back at the season that we had before and, and draw much from it. Sure, like teams are not going to change themselves drastically. They'll still, you know, run much of the same offense, same defensive schemes and principles. But everyone's going to be a little bit different. Um, it's it's it, it's it's not going to be the same. And so it, it almost feels like a moot point. Oh, you know, just to say all that that I said before is just to remind you of where we left off, but. It's not certain the Magic will get back to that place. Will Evan Fournier continue his, his hot streak and hot shooting? I mean, he's fairly consistent. Will Nikola Vucevic still be playing at an all-star level? Will Aaron Gordon still be able to dish out the ball like he was? Will Marco Fultz, you know, who's in a pretty good shooting rhythm, find his shooting rhythm again? Will Terrence Ross find his shooting rhythm the way that he had leading the team in scoring after the all-star break off the bench? You know, what does Bo Bamba look like if he really has put on all that extra weight? There are a ton of these questions. There are so many things to be that we're uncertain about. Most of all, the level of play and the ability for this team to play. I think it was Evan Fournier who said, you know, it's, it's impossible for us to, to expect us to be back at that level because it's not only just about rhythm and skill, it's, it's instinct. It's understanding and knowing the playbook and, and, and the the reads and the tendencies inside and out. All of that's going to have to get built back up again. And, and, you know, say what you want about it. Like, training camp lays the foundation. But it's those early season games 
that get the repetition to kind of build that confidence. And, you know, again, I think that's a fair criticism of Steve Clifford to ask, you know, why does it take three quarters of the season for the Magic to really click in? But eventually they do. And the Magic were clicking as the season was heading into a hiatus. Well, now the Magic have to hit the ground running. Now the Magic have to be ready to play from the first game. They don't have time to waste. They don't have time to kind of ease into things and, and, and relearn things. They got to be ready to play. And so they have to do that all over again. There's no relying or reaching back to where the season resumed. It's in a video game. You don't just put the controller down for four weeks and everything picks up right backward, left, left off. The fortunate thing, I guess, is every team is dealing with this same issue. You know, the, the ESPN put out their power rankings and they had the Bucks ahead of the Lakers or the Clippers ahead of the Lakers. And, you know, my first instinct was to say, well, that seems a little ridiculous because the, the Lakers just beat the Bucks and the Clippers in the same weekend, you know, right when the season ended. But that was a lifetime ago. <laughs> Those teams are not the same. So, yeah, you know, when I looked at the schedule, I tried to draw some conclusions or draw some things that I'd learned from the Magic's previous matchups with teams, like with the Sixers, who they played very, very well against, or, you know, the previous matchups with the Nets, but I don't know how valuable that really is. And so I think it's important for us to assume, especially as we get into the next point I want to talk about, as we get into these next points... We can't assume that this team will look like the team we saw at the end of the year. Unfortunately, that opportunity that the Magic were promised, that the Magic had worked so hard to get to, was taken from them. They won't get the benefit of those games that they wanted so bad. And now they have to be prepared for this new reality. And they might have to be a new team to succeed in it. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So pretty soon, we will be talking about Orlando Magic basketball once again. Not just in the abstract, but in the reality. We'll have, you know, we won't be able to watch practice, obviously, but we'll have practice reports. We'll have those scrimmages coming up uh, beginning on the 22nd. Uh, and we will be working closer and closer to the season. Now, I am someone who believes that the NBA season is very, very long. And you have to take stock of where you're at at, at several points in the season. You have expectations from the beginning of the year, but those expectations change as the season progresses. It doesn't necessarily change how you evaluate the season based on what you saw at the beginning, but it matters that you always have goals to achieve. That there is always something positive to gain from the season. Even if you're out of the playoffs, there is something to gain. And it might be moving the goalposts a little bit. It might be kind of dealing with the new reality of what, what the season's turned into. 
But I do think it is always important to assess and understand those goals. This season has been a bit of a disappointment. I will be the first to say that. I will be the first to say this team has not met my expectations. Or at least the goals that that I would have set for this team at the beginning of the year. The goal, I think, was to improve upon last year. You know, I I, I, I know I've said this before. The baseline goal, the, the goal that was necessary for the season not to be a failure, was to match last season. And I would say, sitting here, that the Magic at least achieved that. They're back in the playoffs, or they should be, back in the playoffs for a second straight year. And they should be, as I'll explain in a minute, finishing seventh, the same spot that they were in last year. Considering all the injuries, a, a decrease in the record wasn't completely unexpected. And honestly, the way that they've dealt with the injuries and the way they persevered through them is, I think, a sign of growth. But ultimately, the real goal for the season, the thing that we all wanted to see this team achieve, um, is to see this team progress to increase their standing, to show that they're a nice young team that has the potential to make a, another jump into you know, that 50-win category, to be a true contender in the Eastern Conference. And I think we would all agree, I certainly agree with this, that it feels like this season the Magic hit their ceiling instead. And that is certainly a tough spot to be in. There are a lot of big questions to answer this summer. There would, that would have been the case anyway. But there's a lot of big questions to answer this summer as the Magic try to map their way forward. And as I've always said on this show and everywhere else, the important thing is to have a way forward. How do you get better? How do you make your team better? That is the key to improvement. Those questions will be put aside until the summer. As I've said, I think here, and I've certainly written on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, there's really nothing that can happen the rest of this season in the bubble that should change what Jeff Weltman does over the offseason or what he's planning to do in the offseason. The Magic should have those plans or a pretty good idea of what those plans are, what they need to do set already. But again, push that all to the side. That doesn't change. That's sitting in your back pocket. That is stuff to worry about in August and September as the season winds down and prepares to enter the offseason. As I've said several times, what matters now is how do you make the most of the time you have left? How do you get the most out of your team in these eight-plus games the Magic have left? Certainly, a lot of the season was focused on the playoffs, and I think a big goal for the Orlando Magic, and a goal that still remains, is to put up a better showing in the postseason. To be more competitive and really give, if not win a series, because who knows what's going to happen once we get into the bubble, but give a real scare to whoever they're facing, to, to kind of live up to the moniker that Steve Clifford teams are tough to beat. And I think that was something that Steve Clifford was disappointed with in last year's playoff run. There is a lot of redemption on the line for guys like Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic, who really struggled in their first playoff series with the Magic. And I'm sure they are laser-focused in getting there. But the real goal, the real thing that the Magic have to do, the achievement, the measure that they need to accomplish this time around in the eight games remaining this season is quite simple. They need to finish seventh. To me, it is not merely good enough to make the playoffs. They could probably make the playoffs almost by default if they if they show up, if they play hard, if they play well, if they play well enough. The Wizards aren't catching them. And, you know, again, 
the playing series being as it is, you know, you want to avoid that. If the Magic go into a playing series with the Wizards, something has gone very, very wrong. But the goal for the Magic, and honestly, how I will judge whether these final eight games are a success or not, will be determined on whether they beat Brooklyn for seventh. Their destiny essentially is in their own hands. They play the Nets twice. Split those games and, you know, you've got a, still good, got a good chance of finishing seventh. When both of them and seventh is all but guaranteed. Again, you've got to win some other games too there. It's not completely guaranteed, but the Magic really do control their own destiny on this goal. They, they don't have to rely on anyone else to get them seventh. They can do it themselves. Trailing by a half game of, of the Brooklyn Nets. With two wins already in their pocket against the Nets. Again, who knows if that really matters. This is a goal that is not just achievable, but tangible. This is not some, you know, growth for growth's sake. Or, you know, let's see if Markel, let's hand the ball to Markel Fultz and see what he can do. I mean, that's something I think we all want to see, but that's not a goal. That's not a thing to achieve. Getting seventh is. And that goal looked like it would be a little bit more difficult before the bubble began, but now with DeAndre Jordan out with Wilson Chandler out, with obviously Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant out, with potentially Spencer Dinwiddie sitting out. The Nets on paper don't look like the strongest team in the world. The Nets on paper, at least, look very beatable and look like they are a team the Magic should be able to be a half game better than in this setting. I'm not saying to count those as wins. I'm not saying to count Brooklyn out at all. You know, this is the NBA. Everyone is very, very good. We've seen what Karis LeVert can do when given an opportunity to. And arguably, they're better with Jared Allen than they were with DeAndre Jordan. But the Magic have to take care of their own business. And if they do that, they should finish seventh. You want to set a high standard for yourself. Obviously, the Magic can't climb to sixth. They're nine games back of sixth. And so if the Magic want a goal, want an achievable thing to grab and grasp, seventh is it. That is all they have to play for. That's all they have to fight for outside of kind of warding off the Wizards. Steve Clifford Long has said he wants the team to play their way in. He doesn't want the team backing in the playoffs or playing their worst basketball. And obviously, a truncated eight-game schedule Makes things tough. But if you want to play your way into the playoffs, if you want to be playing at a high level, that means you should be able to make up a half game against the Nets. So to say the least, I will go on record saying this, I will be disappointed if the Magic don't finish seventh in the Eastern Conference this year. I might have said that had the season continued on as it was supposed to. But for sure, in these eight games that are remaining, the Magic have one goal and one thing that they must achieve. They must must finish seventh. Now, it's not a failure if they don't, but it certainly isn't a success. 
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore mb. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Be sure to check out the latest episode of Locked On NBA where Josh Lloyd and Tony East speak about Victor Oladipo's decision not to travel to Orlando for the campus setting uh, and the NBA restart. More on the closure of NBA practice facilities due to COVID-19 and the NBA's approved list of names for the back of jerseys. It's not a good list and uh, players are already not super thrilled with it. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. Until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.